Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hello and welcome to Car Wash the Podcast, the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. I'm Matt DeWolf, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine, and this week we're sharing a conversation we had with some of the best in the business when it comes to talent management. We're going to get into how to find the right people and how to keep them once you've got them. George Hobson from Brown Bear, Alex Paisner from Scrub-A-Dub, and Chris Presswood from Mammoth Holdings are going to share their tips and approaches to help you stand out in a challenging labor market. Check out this conversation from Car Wash Magazine Live, episode 63. Before we jump in, let's start with um, let's start with just a real quick introduction um, for folks. So, George, can you just kind of give people um, a quick introduction about who you are and, and uh, your organization for me? Sure. I've... Uh been with Brown Bear Car Wash for 47 years. We've been around for a total of 64 years. And I started out as a window washer back in the full service days when we cleaned interior of cars, of course, and uh, have now been uh, the human resources manager for 14 years. Excellent. Excellent. And let's let's go ahead and have uh, Alex, can you go ahead and do the same thing for me? Sure. Hey, guys. I'm Alex Paisner. Uh, part of the third generation of the Paisner family uh, here at Scrub It Up Car Wash. We've been around for 56 years in New England. Uh, like George, started washing the back windows, doing interior, and slowly made my way up. Um, but yeah, I'm Director of People and Culture. Director of People and Culture. What an, what an appropriate title. That's, that's an excellent, excellent title for this conversation. Okay, and last but certainly not least uh, on the screen here, if you're viewing at home, is Chris Presswood. Chris, can you go ahead and do the same thing for us? Yeah, absolutely. Chris Presswood, uh, been doing this 21 years, uh, was a part of a company that built up to about eight locations here, finish line car wash. Um, about two years ago, just under two years ago, uh, sold and now it partners with Mammoth Holdings. Uh, kind of started off uh, scrubbing windows. We were a, a full service uh, car wash, uh, eventually graduated over the Flex and then uh, eight Expresses uh, was was very heavy in the full service and, and detailing for, for about eight, 10 years. And then as the model graduated, we just kind of graduated with it. Um, you know, spent a lot of my time at Mammoth and our management of training uh, classes, our recruiting teams, um, anything associated with our learning management software, processes, and standard operating procedures is, is what I spend my time on day to day. Let's talk. Let's go for it. Let's let's get right into it. I want to know because I see this conversation crop up a lot. How in the world are you guys finding people right now? I mean, there's there's definitely a need um, need for people, especially within our industry, because our industry is growing and is booming. So how are you guys finding them? Uh, let's go ahead and just start. George, how's it going for you, my friend? Well, it, it's been tough uh, in certain areas. You know, most of our car washes are located within a, I'd say, 50 mile radius. Um, and and uh, even with that, there are still pockets of those areas where we're having some some challenges. But um, we post our job openings on our website. We uh, utilize that through our payroll provider. And part of that process is also uh, the ads go out on Indeed. So we do get some uh, you know information out that way. 
In addition, um, some of our area managers that have a group of sites are still using Craigslist, which then directs them to our website. And um, so that's that's really the, the biggest way that we're doing it. But we're also focusing on internal um, referrals. So with our current employees actually doing the referrals and bringing people in, that has helped uh, helped us a bit. Yeah, that referral piece I think is really important. And I think um, we're going to talk about that in a little more uh, depth here in just a moment because um, I think I think referrals is a thousand percent the way to go and it takes away so many headaches. But uh, Alex, what about you guys? Anything really interesting right now in terms of just finding people uh, that, that, you know, aren't aren't coming you, to you, you know, kind of out of this need to file for unemployment? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, some of the other channels, like George, obviously, and like most people, we, um, you know, go through the Internet. Um, but we also find that in certain areas, um, partnering with high schools and community colleges, uh, if we can get the a good relationship with that career coach, uh, director of career services, uh, they will almost do that vetting for you, where um, you know we'll have uh, the community college up the street will give me a call and they'll say, hey, I got the perfect candidate for you, and um, it's another good recruiting channel uh, for us for most of our our locations. Chris, yeah, I- referral is huge. Chris, how about you? What, where, where are you guys looking? You guys have a little bit different footprint, right? So we've got Brown Bear in the Northwest, um, Scrub It Up in the Northeast, and then you guys are kind of Southeast, but you're spilling out a little bit here. So what about you guys as you think about cross multiple states and, and areas? Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're in 11 states and it's very interesting kind of region by region as you look into market insights in particular, and you look at jobs versus job seekers and the correlation between the two. You know, we all feel this pressure and we hear these national news medias telling us about how intense things are. But, you know, in pockets, uh, we still see a good correlation between job seekers and jobs. And so in some markets, you know, you can still run hard and run fast and still see similar results in others. Um, you know, the house is on fire, but there's more challenges than others uh, to attract talent. But specifically to your question, uh, you know, look, it's the same channels. You know, we got Indeed, we have Zip, Zip Recruiter, you know, obviously social media um you know your website and what you can organically attract by having a strong brand you know obviously our strongest brands the ones that um you know are running with the best management and and producing the best products they they have a a more organic attraction uh people are referring uh, more frequently and then of course measuring that you know so measuring the effectiveness of that you know some some job boards effective than others in certain markets and demographics and uh, you know, in pockets, double referral bonuses and things of that nature, job fairs. Um, you know, just there's, there's nothing new here under the sun. It's just some strategies are more effective than others in certain regions. So t- talk talk a little bit about that measurement piece because I think that's important, right? Because a lot of us will just go and post the jobs and do the things and get it out there. What kind of metrics are you looking at? I mean, are you just are you tracking all the way to conversion from like, hey, they came from the job fair, they applied, they did the, like. Can you just ex- explain a little bit of um, how to measure those things? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of measurement in there. You know, uh, application to higher ratio is obviously one of them. Um, you know, quick apply on Indeed is is fantastic, but also hurts you in some regard. You know, it's it's not just quantity of applications, it's quality of applicants. I mean, obviously, we'd like to have a one-to-one higher ratio. That means we're attracting the perfect candidate right away. Uh, you know, it's, it's less uh, cumbersome uh, to sort and sift. You know, it, it is marketing, if you will, and, and, you know, attracting warm leads, your effectiveness and in, in getting to those leads and, you know, in a quick duration of time and your ability to sort and sift them 
and get them to um, to an actual face-to-face interview um, effectively. Because look, we, we've all been in those situations where people you you've met, you're ready to make a job offer to, and they were already uh, grabbed up real quick in this climate as well. So yeah, at the, at the higher ratios, and, and even from first interview to second interview, and and you know all the, the touch points, um, you know we have quite a few touch points between there, and we're measuring the effectiveness of that that funnel. Chris, you hit, you said something that I think is is pretty interesting right now. Like, because of the market being the way that it is, and uh, let's set aside the the unemployment issue that that we're we're facing with this. But we you can't wait, right? I mean, the process has to be a little bit faster than maybe we were used to it being. And if you've got that good candidate, you do need to kind of act pretty quickly. Not only not only with an offer. But getting them onboarded and getting them going, because um, I've, I've seen some stories from people saying, yeah, you know, I hired a guy. They they were all set. They were going to come in and they, you know, they left the place and got a better offer. <laughs> and so, there, well, there that went. So I lost that one. So um, you got to you got to move a little more quickly. And that I think that's that's an important component that we got to remember. We can't just can't just take our time like maybe we like to. Um, Okay, let's get into referrals a little bit. I wanna, I wanna know. Um, you, you were Chris. You were talking about uh, referral bonuses. Alex, I think you guys do something similar. Um, George, do you all as well? Uh, we do. Okay. We we have a referral program that's actually um, if a inter if one of our existing employees refers someone, that individual is eligible for a a bonus after sixty days if both are still still employed. Okay, so you so you 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 say sixty days uh, must be there after uh, the right. referral date to, for, before they get that bonus. Alex, I think you guys take a little bit different approach. Can you explain yours for me? Yeah, sure. Uh, we kind of put a carrot on the front end, uh, and then a bigger carrot uh, towards the the ninety day mark. So yeah, uh, we have um, typically a. Um, uh, you know, we'll say anywhere from a $200 up to a $500 referral bonus for our staff. Uh, and obviously you want your, your all-stars referring their friends and family um, and other all-stars. Uh, but yeah, they get a quarter of that upfront uh, when we hire their referral. And then if the referral is still here at the 90 day mark, um, they get the remaining three quarters of that bonus. So it really incentivizes our staff to uh, be selective in who they decide to refer, and um, hopefully they're referring the right folks that are going to stick with us. Chris, what about you? Anything different? You, you mentioned double referral bonuses. Is that an all the time thing, or just a when when you like when you need to flex when you need to pull that trigger? Great question. Uh, so at the current time, what we have is just a, a normal referral bonus. Um, and look, we all understand that you know, referrals, um, you don't have to interview as many of them. They understand the job, they understand you, they understand the, the culture, the environment you're trying to create. They also stay with you longer. And so uh, in pockets, um, you know, we'll do a double referral bonus. And what we'll do is, is basically post uh, via, you know, different sources internally. Hey, we've got a week period, a seven to 10 day period. If you guys refer someone, you will be you know available to receive a double referral bonus. I, I love that. It, it brings up an interesting psychological question that I'm going to get into later about incentives and money and all that kind of thing. But we're going to let's table that for the moment. Let's table that for the moment. But let's get into paying benefits a little bit because, um, okay, so we found somebody that's great. But how do we make ourselves attractive and how do we make sure that they want to take our offer? Right. So, um, Alex, I, lo- I love your guys's perspective in terms of pay. Um, can you just kind of talk about that for everybody from like a, a, a big picture kind of strategic um, view for us? 
Yeah, sure. Well, and you know, even to back it up even further, top top level, the the first question is, what is the type of person that I want in my organization, and what does that type of person, what other organizations are they looking at, you know, and how do I stack up relative to those companies? If you want to be just like Chick Fil A, and those are the kinds of applicants that you're hoping to acquire, um, that applicant's going to compare you and Chick Fil A. And you know, taking a look at your benefits, your culture, your work environment, uh, are you as attractive? And can you make the pitch? Can you sell them to come in and join your organization instead of theirs? Um, so that's kind of the big starting point: is um, you have to look at what components you can compete on. Where perhaps if you're a smaller organization, you might not be able to compete on upward mobility compared to a big organization, uh, but you need to make up for that in some other areas. Uh, and so. Uh, for us, one of those components is pay, um, you know, with the nature of unlimited and how that's helped provide stability to our industry and in our business, um, we have a little bit more wiggle room to be able to offer more uh, and make our job more attractive from the pay perspective relative to many other jobs out there. Um, and one of my mantras is incentives dictate behavior. And so whatever behavior you want to see, if you can attach a positive incentive to that, um, you're going to get people moving in the right direction and, and exhibiting the things you want to see. Um, so really from top to bottom, every position in the organization, we just uh, we tie a critical metric or a, a key component to uh, a bonus or an incentive structure, and, and it tends to work out pretty well. And you, and you find, um, Alex, you find that that's pretty successful keeping it f like financially focused for everybody? Absolutely. For, for most people, that is a major component. You know, some people aren't motivated by money, but the vast majority, um, it certainly doesn't doesn't <laughs> it, hurt. Yeah, it never hurts. It never hurts to have a little more in the pocket, right? I mean, come on. For sure. And it's, <laughs> it's one piece of the puzzle yeah. where you know, everybody needs that foundational. They need security for themselves and their family. So base level, if you can provide that, then you can start to provide the other things like recognition and self-fulfillment and you work your way up uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, kind of the <laughs> idea. But you got to cover that base level first of shelter and food and stability. And, and obviously that starts with pay. Yeah. And Alex, you said something when we were talking in kind of preparation for the show that I thought was really interesting. Um, you said pay, you guys pay, uh, pay more than you're comfortable paying. Like, Explain that. Explain that phrase. Pay more than you're comfortable. Sure. Uh, this was uh, Bill Dom from Crew Car Wash out in Indiana. Um, they're con consistently voted one of the best employers to work for in Indiana, uh, not just in the car wash industry, but period. Uh, and yeah, he's got a lot of wisdom. But uh, that was his big advice to me um, was as long as the fundamentals and the economics of your business are stable and you stand and you're projecting a profit, um, you can afford to pay a little bit more um, for each of your staff members. And that additional amount, more than you might be comfortable with, uh, can make all the difference in the world from a loyalty perspective. Yeah, well, and loyalty and just like <laughs> how they feel, right? Like how they show up every day to work and how they like go about their job and the energy that they bring to the table. I think that's, that's a huge piece. That's one less thing that somebody has to worry about, right? I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, what George or Chris minimum wage, you're going to get minimum work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Alex, you're on like hot take uh, seat to seat today. <laughs> what about, um, George or Chris, do you guys from a pay or maybe even a benefits perspective, um, 
anything that you guys think is really important to consider, uh, especially right now and trying to stand out in a, in a tough hiring market? Well, for us right now, it's, it, it is pay. We actually are in the process of running a, an analysis on what our pay is like. Typically, we've been at the higher end. Um, when it, you compare some of the other businesses similar to ours that are hiring the similar you know type individuals, and um, we've noticed that we are probably just a little low, but not bad. But when we're talking about um, employers out there paying you know, 17, 18, 19, $20 an hour, you know, we've got to make some real hard decisions, but to Alex's point, you know, if that's what it takes and that's what we need to do and we're comfortable doing that, then that's what we'll have to do. And, and we'll do that from a benefit standpoint, all of our employees are eligible for benefits after a certain amount of tenure with the company. And that's what triggers, triggers that piece. But there, there are benefits that are, there are available. I want to switch gears, Chris, if it's okay, unless you've got something burning to burning to add. Well, I, I guess the only add I would have would be uh, measure the participation participation of, of mm. those benefits and, and are they utilized? You know, it's one thing to throw them out there and to say, hey, I've got these things. Um, but how are you communicating them and measuring uh, their utilization, I think, is the ultimate effectiveness. And, and the follow up with that, I, I think, is, is one of our focal points right now is, is how we communicate that, how because that's the ultimate effectiveness of them. So, And I'm sure you guys see if they participate, they're probably not leaving. Right. <laughs> right. But that, that's like the that's like that's how, you know, you're hitting the hitting the nail on the head. Right. Because you know that not only are you offering great things, but people are using them, which then cycles down into great retention, which then gets me to where I wanted to go. Thank you for the segue. Company culture. All right. So. <laughs> Chris, you're gonna you're gonna tee us up on this one because because you segued me here. Um, talk about company culture in terms of how important that is to be able to to communicate that uh, from a hiring perspective and kind of what you guys are doing there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, fortunately for 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 us here at Mammoth, I mean, we we even put in our mission statement. You know, we're looking to partner with our team members on their personal and professional goals, uh, and so. You know, it's very unique for us. We've got a, a you know melting pot of brands and, and bringing them together. And, and so how we communicate our culture, who we are, what we stand for, our core values, and, and really building and defining those communication pieces along the way as we integrate them um, have been extremely important in, in defining it. It has to be more than a poster on a wall. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of touch points. Um, you know, I think for us organizationally, um, one of the more important things that we're doing is, is, is recognizing all those touch points through the employee journey. So, you know, an employee journey map, uh, was actually a tab open on my screen and, and the optimization and, you know, is it manual? Is it, is it semi-automated or fully automated? And, and what is that like, uh, and all those touch points, cause there's, um, literally like 114 of 114 touch points and and that so much impacts the company culture and and it's an individual experience for that team member yeah it's it's not unlike it's not unlike our customers right like we want them to have a great experience so that one they come back and two they tell their friends i mean we just talked about referrals so yeah that's i love that um alex what about you from a um from a culture perspective, I know you guys are big on transparency. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, we're lucky in being a, a relatively small family business. Um, we're able to kind of dictate 
the environment that we want to see more of. And so for us, it's uh, our number one core value is care like family. And we um, treat our employees like family and, and you know, our managers tend to turn around and, and treat their, their team members like family. Um, but yeah, the, with the transparency perspective, uh, we really try to practice open book management to the best of our ability, meaning literally for all of our management staff, um, they see the budget uh, for their sites. They say exactly what money came in, what money's going out, what they can control, um, bringing it back to the incentives. They, um, their bonus is heavily tied to the overall performance of their site. So they can see exactly where the money's going. Um, and that level of transparency and, and showing that we really don't have anything to hide, we find builds loyalty. Yeah, that's a different level of trust, right? I mean, there's a lot of times as a as a business owner, you're you know you have this natural kind of bent towards keeping it close, like keeping it tight. It's like no, it's secret. But the more that you share, the 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 more bought in your employees can become, and the more they can believe in what you're trying to accomplish. And I think that drives a drives a fantastic culture. Uh, George, you guys are you guys are you know a family business really as well. Can you um, talk about how that plays into your culture and, and how you're attracting um, employees through that? We try and share the importance of how we got started, uh, making sure that people understand that um, it was built by people just like those that we are, are looking for and going to be hiring. The importance of, of um, taking care of the customer that that's what built our foundation. You know, the owner comes in every day um, and is here and um, still, you know, shares that message with us through, you know, his, his son, the vice president of the company, and then all of those of us that have been around for years. It's just the way that, it's just the story that we continue to share with everyone that we take care of the customer. We, you know, Mr. Odermatt, our, our owner, his comment is, and what he's, what he shares with everyone is, and, and others use this as well, but the customer signs our paycheck and we want to make sure that everyone understands that and knows that his other mantra has always been the customer is king and um, making sure that we all understand that and realize that, that that is important. So we try and share that with, with applicants by, um, providing our employment video on our website so that they understand what that culture is right from the get-go. So when they apply for a position, they enter their information, they have the opportunity to see the video. If they then go through the interview process, um, the site manager refers back to that video yeah. so that they can understand, you know, did you, did you get this information from our, what, what information did you get out of that video that, that you find might find helpful in your employment with Brown Bear going forward? I think that's a, that's a huge piece, George, that you just mentioned, which, which is helping tie it together for the employee, right? Like it's one thing to have, yeah, here's the documents, here's your, how you're gonna onboard, you're gonna watch our videos and here's all the things. And this goes back to what Chris was saying about you can't, it can't just be a board on the wall, right? Like you're, your existing team members have to help bring those people along and those new hires along in terms of helping them connect the dots back to the vision, back to the culture, back to that whole experience. Um, super important advice there, friends, if you're watching at home, don't miss that part. Um, okay, so we found some people, right? We found what we've been talking about so far is really um, kind of applicable to anybody we're looking for, but I wanna talk a little bit about um, attracting 
maybe like a manager level, right? Manager level and up. And so I think from from my perspective, one of the key components here is career pathing and making sure that that's available and transparent and you can do that well. Um, who wants to start? Who wants to start on this one? Let's do let's do Alex. Alex, start on uh, career pathing. Can you talk about what you guys, how you guys approach that, especially as it relates to um, making that attractive in a hiring mode? Yeah, sure. Um, well, you know, there's again going big picture, feeling very philosophical today. <laughs> Um, if you can help somebody, uh, if you can, if you can communicate your vision clearly, you know, where is this organization going and, and where do all of these people in it fit? If you can help people visualize themselves in that, then you've got your buy-in. Uh, and so career pathing, uh, if again, in transparency, you can show them visually exactly what their career path can look like, will look like if they, you know, commit and bring their knowledge and enthusiasm to your organization, um, they're more likely to do that. So uh, we just kind of have a, a couple of documents that show literally, you know, a ladder, you know, step by step by step, uh, how long and what prerequisites you need in order to qualify as a management trainee, assistant, site manager, et cetera, uh, and what the pay scale looks like at those positions. And so if somebody is, you know, at the bottom and they're making whatever, 13 or 15 an hour, um, and they're looking at that chart saying, if I take care of business here, I could be, you know, an assistant manager making X amount in six months to a year, um, they're more likely to, to continue down the path. Well, George, you're a, you're a living, breathing uh, career path example, right? Like, share that, share that with folks. I think that's important. I think they, I think they need to know your, your story. Well, as I mentioned, I started out as a window washer, became a, a team member, uh, then, uh, of course, as, as part of that that team. And then as we started doing uh, more express car washes back in the day, you know, when we first started that, it got, and kind of got out of the full service business. I became a assistant manager, site manager, and then an area manager for a group of sites, you know, anywhere from four to six sites over the years. And then, as I said, I became the human resources manager, but all during that time, I had a passion like I still do about the developing people and looking at it from, from the hiring part, right from the start of hiring uh, through their entire career. And that's, that's always been something that I've enjoyed doing. And so even as an area manager, I had my finger on the pulse of doing different things as it related to the overall company from a, what I would call a human resources standpoint. And then of course, now as we've got, you know, 420 plus employees, there's a need for, for this position and for uh, what we, what we need to do to, uh, to bring people on board and, and develop them. So the so the approach for you all is just put you in front of the candidate and have them have you tell your story. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I and I do that. I actually conduct orientation sessions, and um, we're you know prior to to COVID, of course, they were yeah. we bring people into the office and we we'd have those meetings and and do our orientations here. And uh, last uh, last year we've done a few uh, via Zoom, of course. So a couple of great examples there for folks to, to kind of take away. One, um, Alex brought up this idea of um, showing visually the steps, right? And showing how people can kind of 
career path their way up, up the ladder, what they might be able to make, how they can see themselves there. And then um, George shares with us, you know, how to, you can kind of use personal stories, right, to help people see themselves there and see that that actually does happen and it's, it's a real thing. Um, so from, a, from an applicant perspective, I can go in and have that interview and see these things and realize that it's not, it's not BS. Right. This is real life. This is actually what happens at this company, and it's awesome. Um, that's, that goes back to this culture piece. I want to. I want to make sure you guys remember this part too. Like, on the culture. Yes, it it can't be just a thing on the wall. Yes, it can't be just you know a, a string of videos. <clears throat> make sure that when people show up, <laughs> those applicants show up to your location, that your location reflects that. Right. If your if your mission statement is all about making people happy and uh, you know having really positive experience, don't have the applicants show up to a dark and dingy and dull and just 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 downtrodden place. Like you don't want you don't want that. You don't want the want want. All right. So no sad trombone. So make sure that those things match. Make sure those align. Otherwise, you know, mixed messages and you're gonna lose you're gonna lose applicants. Okay. So if you guys are watching at home and you have questions, you can put those in the in the feed below and we'll get those up to the panelists. I wanna talk um, real briefly, I'm trying to look for my clock here to see how much time we've got left. Uh, we're getting up to the end of it here. So real quick, um, I wanna know from each of you, and we'll start with Chris, uh, because I didn't let you talk about the last thing. Um, let's talk about keeping people. Like what's maybe, let's just kind of maybe say one or two of the most important things you think um, a company needs to do when it comes to keeping people. You've hired them, you found them, you got them there, you got them onboarded, but that's a whole different thing. How do you keep them? Well, I mean, look, we've all heard, you know, praise and recognition and, you know, making sure that people feel attached to their work. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's training and, and I think it's vision and mission and attaching and letting people see, you know, always heard, you know, without vision, mission, people, they perish, they, they fall out to the wayside. And especially in this climate right now, I think I read an article you know, 40% of people are looking over their shoulder right now looking for other work, you know, so I can't imagine going a week or two or three without hearing about, hey, where's this thing going and why do I need to be part of it? And how does that include me? What's in it for me? Uh, but, you know, if I'm constantly being engaged, trained, fed, um, you know, not cotton candy, meat and potatoes, real, real actual training, stuff that that makes a difference, not for what's in it for the company, but what's in it for me personally, professionally. Um, you know, I think that's that's the secret sauce right now, and and your ability to deliver on that consistency consistently is is what's going to make the difference. Yeah, that's that's great advice. That's great advice. Let's go. Let's just go right down the line from that side over. So, Chris just gave us some advice. Alex, how about you? How do you? What do you think is important? Maybe one or two things for just keeping people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to echo Chris a little bit, maybe a different angle. Um, if you can clearly talk about your purpose and not in just a you know mission values statement, but actually talk and have your managers preaching it. Um, in reality is the purpose of your organization to make money so that the owner can buy a boat and a second house. If that's it, then you're gonna have trouble hanging on to people. If you're practicing what you preach and your purpose is truly to invest in your people and the reason that you're pushing the numbers and focusing is that net income is gonna go into the next site and the next site, which will provide more and more opportunity for the people coming up next, then that's a vision that people can buy into and they're going to stick around. <laughs> you, you mean we don't do this just for the boats and the houses? That's not. 
I don't even want a boat, actually. Let's let's be real. Like the two the two best days of people who own boats' lives is when they buy the boat and when they sell the boat, right? That's how that goes. Um, you want to have friends with boats. That's what you want. <laughs> George, what about what about you? I, I I agree with with what both Alex and Chris have said, of course. And I guess I would add to that um, the other piece is just treating your employees with respect um, and and making sure that those those applicants that are coming in. Uh, can can see that as well in some way, but but for the existing employees and uh, that, that have you know get started and have been around for years, that that for us is a key. Um, it, it's very very important, and also showing them that we are willing to do whatever they do as well. Our general manager is out there, you know prepping cars. He's out there guiding cars on and he's got customers that come up to it, or I should say our, our employees come up to him and say, I'll take over. I'll, I'll take care of that. You don't need to do that. And they look at him and he says, no, uh, you go take your break or I'll, I'll be more than happy to keep doing that. And, and they, they, they then look at him and say, well, you're, you're the, you're the big guy. Why would you need to do that? And he goes, because it's important for me to do that. I enjoy taking care of the customer and I want to make sure that you get the break you need or that you get, you know, the time away right now, that, that type of thing. It's just, it shows again, that, that respect, that respect piece. The other thing that I, I think is important is making sure that the employees know what you do outside of, um, in the community. So in, in our case, you know, there are a lot of, you know, we do a lot of things with, with local organizations, make donations, have a charity car wash program, all of these type of things. And we want to make sure that our employees know what we do in the community and also how they can help and contribute to that as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a crucial point. They're just helping people feel like they're part of something bigger, right? Like it's harder to leave something when you realize the impact that that thing that you're part of is having on your greater community. So that's a super big piece. Like we like we like to say, more than washing cars, right? Right. To jump in, just one more quick thing. Um, it's to listen to yeah. your employees. The biggest thing, whether it's anonymous surveys, whether you have your managers doing one-on-ones or you're doing one-on-ones with your people, um, the biggest thing is to truly listen and to hear the feedback and uh, who knows, the more that you empower and engage your people, the better ideas you get from them and, and the more you can run with it. And if people are bringing ideas to the table that maybe don't fit or they don't have the whole context, um, if you have to say no to an idea, you can at least provide them some more context or reasons for the no that provide an educational moment and, and get further buy-in. But making sure that your people feel like they have a voice and that they not just are along for the ride, but they're helping drive the ship, um, they're not going to abandon it. Great advice. Great advice. Gosh, this is a rich, this is a rich one. I, I would let you go right now, but I always, I got one more question. Um, and so we'll do this. This is six, this is like speed round, 60 seconds or less. Uh, look, you all have seen um, really great success with your organizations, multi-site operations, larger companies in terms of when you look at the greater landscape of the, the overall car wash industry. Uh, but you, you weren't always that big. So for the, for the smaller operators out there, I want to know um, what is one thing that I can do today that's going to help me tomorrow um, with, my, with my hiring, with me standing out in a, high, in a tough um, hiring market. So let's, let's go down the line. We're going to go with George first. George, what is one thing I can do right now to be better tomorrow when it comes to hiring and standing out? 
I would say that it's, it's probably um, sharing your story and um, whether it's in print, if it's um, on your website somehow, um, sharing what you do and, and how you can uh, bring people into your organization from a, um, and, and make them feel a, a part of it. Yeah, be, be loud, be proud. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Alex, how about you? One thing, one thing I can do today that will make me better tomorrow when it comes to standing out in a tough hiring market. Yeah, uh, in the same way that you're trying to stand out to customers or potential customers, you've defined your value proposition. Um, you got to look at your organization and do the same thing for hiring. Why should people work for you? What makes you different, better, more attractive? If you can get a good pitch, then you're, you're going to be farther along. Yeah, I love that. I love that. All right, Chris, bring us home, my friend. <laughs> One thing I can do today. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, kind of go slow to go fast. Quit working in your business, work on your business. Identify your top five, ten touch points, whether that's the initial application, whether that's an onboarding process, whether that's a stay interview, like Alex referenced earlier. Uh, exit interviews, find some of those touch points uh, throughout there and, and pick them one at a time. You know, if you just picked one a week, one a month and you worked on them, you know, you look up six, 12 months from now. And so the one thing I would do is just just create a plan to improve those touch points. Um, and I think you'd find yourself working in a different place six to 12 months. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I mean, look, in the, in the, in the industry, if you're in this business, you know how to create processes so and systems. And so do that. Do that for this piece of your business and work on that. So I love that. Hey, guys, this has been fantastic conversation. I could talk for the rest of the day and tomorrow and we can go on and on and on. But I'm going to let you guys get back to it. So thank you for, for sharing your experiences and your expertise on this. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.